as we're looking at the uh the 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 james cameron avatar edition of uh the movie elf 300 million dollar holiday film jesus uh you guys can't even afford to put christmas trees in this movie now congratulations with your casting good cgi that's what it's for so Let's see how you. It's more really... expensive than a Christmas tree. It's CGIing it. Damn it! No wonder we're going over budget. You idiot. You same one. No, Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Replay Value Podcast, where we deep dive into the movies we all love to watch over and over again. I'm Phil, joined by my brother from the same mother, our co-host on the West Coast, Warren. What's up, bro? In this episode, we're going to talk about the Christmas comedy family hit, Elf. Once upon a Christmas Eve, an orphan baby crawled into Santa's bag of gifts and was taken to the North Pole. Raised by Papa Elf, Bob Newhart, Buddy, Will Ferrell, comes to realize he doesn't fit in with the other elves. Determined to find a place where he belongs, Buddy searches for his real dad in New York City. In the Big Apple, Buddy finds out why his dad, James Kahn, is on the naughty list. But most importantly, he sees that the world is seriously lacking in Christmas spirit which causes Santa all kinds of problems. So, with the help of the beautiful department store elf, Zoe Deschanel, Buddy tries to teach his dad and the world the true meaning of Christmas spirit and to prove to everyone that Santa, Ed Asner, really exists. Uh, courtesy of the back of the DVD cover. Appreciate yeah, man. That. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah, you know it. Um, I mean, really, they really just have a way with words, don't they? Um, now, uh, Elf is a, I mean, it's a holiday classic. We could do a whole podcast about Christmas films, to be honest. I know we, we, we try to, you know, celebrate the month of December by, by throwing a couple in there in the, in the lineup. But I mean, honestly, there's so many great ones. This one, this one's up there as far as being a classic that I revisit, replay every single year. Glad we're doing this one. Yeah, it's one of the Christmas movies that has the highest replay value and one of the funniest. I mean, it's certainly one of the most enjoyable. Uh, and, and of all the Christmas movies, a lot of them are older. Mm-hmm. This is one of the more, and even this one's what, fucking almost 20 years old. It's almost 20 years old, yeah. But I would say it's still considered a modern day Christmas classic. Yeah, I mean, when you look at where a lot of the the older ones, well, the 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 ones that we think of being the older ones, I know that you know they're older, but post two thousands, I think is still considered like a more of a modern day classic Christmas. Exactly, movie. and I think this is kind of singular, and I don't, I can't think of a, another Christmas classic that ranks this high post two thousand like Elf does. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so get us started, Warren. How did Elf get made, and who made it? Above the Line, distributed by New Line Cinema. Uh, I believe that's an uh, arm of Warner Brothers. Produced by John Berg, Todd Komernicki, and Shauna Robertson. Written by David Berenbaum. uh, And undercutter rewrites by Scott Armstrong. And directed by John Favreau. And the man, I mean, uh, of, of swingers fame. And now, I mean, he's more of a filmmaker than he ever was an actor. And he was an accomplished actor in his own right. Uh, 
usually throw out the ranking list, so I'll throw this to you. Oh, okay. Probably, what, uh, is this the first John Favreau-directed film we've covered? I believe it, it is. It is. It is okay, the first so, one. We've got a few on the list that we just haven't gotten a chance haven't to Haven't quite do. got to, yeah. I mean, yeah. Iron Man being the next one, probably. Uh, so, top five Favreau-directed films. If you got to rank them, which you're not, what his greatest are, oh. we go personal. Well, see, I, I, I did it a little bit different. I included TV and stuff that he had written. So I, I kind of stretched it a little bit. So, you know, whatever, sue me. So number five for me. No, I know why, because you wanted to include Mandalorian. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you stopping eating your food there. So you can call me out on well, that. No, no, sure. <laughs> All right, so number five, The Mandalorian Season 1, I think is just, fantastic you know I, you're breaking I, it down by season so you can rank it twice you are such no no a no I, no i would never do that no no right. i'm just I, i'm looking at it as a whole storytelling device if the okay i'm just double one, checking you know, that's why yeah yeah uh number so number five mandalorian season one number four elf okay number three swingers and i think just because we watched it so much uh, how much it did for his career. Oh, man. I mean, that, See, I would have that on here, but he, I had it in directed well, movies. I mean, you're kind of cheat. You're cheating. I know I'm time. cheating. Yeah, I am. All right, number two. I, I actually am going to break the rule. Uh, Mandalorian season two. I knew <laughs> it. I predicted <laughs> it. You said you weren't going to do that. And you did. I knew you were going to fucking do that, man. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have broken down by seasons. Yeah, Jeez, I tried. Such a you, Star you Wars it there for, <laughs> You bought it there for a second. No, I knew that's why you did it. Uh, and then number one is Iron Man. Well, we have the same number one, uh, surprisingly, because you completely cheated. Yeah. Uh, the, the rest, I, um, I actually went with movies. Iron Man uh, launched the whole MCU, as we know. If it wasn't as successful as it was, you know, anyway. But And he was had a hand in getting Robert Downey Jr. the role, who, exactly. I mean, come on, as Iron yeah, yeah. Man is now iconic. Um, and nearly, they probably won't recast him. Uh, I mean, how can you recast Iron Man? you got to wait a long time. Okay, so the rest of my top five, number five, Chef. Number four, Iron Man 2. Number three, Made, which is kind of like the unofficial uh, Casino to Swingers Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two is Elf. Oh, number two. Wow. And then number one, Iron Man. And then, of course, number one, Iron Man. Yeah. So now now you see why I threw in Swingers and The Mandalorian. You know, those, as far as works that they've done, and we talk about an actor's Mount Rushmore, but as far as a writer filmmaker. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I omitted the Disney live action Jungle Book and Lion King. He directed. I mean, the Jungle Book's good, but it, I mean, come on. I mean, what are they doing? I, and the what Lion King, what the fuck? Uh, I'm sorry. It's yeah, terrible. I, I agree. A rare, rare misfire for, 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 considering how brilliant and he is in his choices and his work. It's, it's, it's a rare misfire. I blame that one on Disney. That's all. You know, Disney. They probably just wrote him a big check and like, can you do this for us, yeah. please? But it never should have been done. And we talked about that in season one when we did the animated Lion King. We did it before the live action came out. We talked about how, yeah, you know, there's just like the animals, you need the animated life behind the eyes, like real animals. There's no like soul human connection to like a lion that looks like a lion. You need there's no there's no expression. There's no expression yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, anyway. yeah. so uh get back on track. Uh the script that you mentioned, Dave. David Barenbaum, he wrote that in 1993, um, so ten a full ten years before the film got made. So it went, you know, when we talked about that before with some films, I mean, go go through quite a lot of iteration. Iteration sits on the shelf for a while before it gets greenlit. So when Favreau picked it up, it looked nothing like the version that that we got. It had a almost like a darker, more 
the tone to it. Not saying it was like rated R or anything like that, but it was more and of more, like more a, PG-13. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Favreau did kind of, he shifted his approach and what he wanted to do with it to, to get the film as we know it uh, as of today. Well, before we get into Favreau's approach, David Barenbaum, I mean, you know, he loved Christmas movies. He's got to talk about, you know, where the idea of this came from. Uh, while he was rewatching the, the the Christmas classics in Los Angeles, he wasn't a writer. Um, he was working uh, at a lingerie shop uh, uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, he was rewatching Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and got the idea to write this script. And basically, here, here you go, the elevator pitch turned a Rudolph into a giant elf. It's, hmm. it's a classic misfit story. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the old Rankin and Bass Rudolph. Like yeah, the, yeah, the, of course. The stop motion animation ones, yeah. Um, which was kind of like a precursor to Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, that type of animated style in the, the past episode. So um, you know, that inspiration from Baron what he wanted to do, Favreau leaned into that with his approach. Like, And you can see that like with the title sequence, it has a very classic... Christmas story type of not the film a Christmas story but like those Christmas specials type of feel to them. Yeah, it's pulled. It's got a Rudolph the Reindeer's Reindeer. Are you kidding me? The entire aesthetic is pulled from Rudolph the Reindeer's Reindeer. Uh, it, the, the, the costumes, the production design, the stop motion animation design, everything. It's it's inspired. It's it almost feels like it's connected to that universe. That's very much how they intended it, and that's really a, a, a one of the reasons it just kind of feels familiar and works. I love the the. The, the callback to Sam the Snowman, the Burl Ives narrating snowman that they threw into mm-hmm. the film and like the stop motion animals. So yeah, you know, you're right. It, it very do, does heavily is a tribute almost to the Rankin and Bass uh, Rudolph the Red News Reindeer special. Yeah. So not only did it inspire the story, it, it inspired much of the look of the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the stop motion work, have to mention the Chodo brothers. They 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 gave it the Rankin Bass look, and they've done a lot of. Uh, Really great uh, stop motion animation work in Hollywood. They're kind of the go to geniuses now uh, in Hollywood. And, um, you know, they talk about stop motion. They That's about all they did tech wise. They did not do anything really much with CGI. I think the snowflakes and the title sequence were CGI. But as far as like the elf and the, the size of Buddy versus the elves, it wasn't a lot of post camera tricky. It was all that was done in camera through a forced perspective. I think mm-hmm. the most famous example of that would have been Gandalf and the Hobbits in uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy that um, that Peter Jackson used, where it's basically you have uh, you know either two different sets, one larger and smaller, somebody set in the background, one closer in the foreground to make it look like one's actually bigger than the other or the same size. So a lot of uh, force perspective with with that was used mm-hmm. uh, to, and it helps age the film rather well because of that. Yeah, it helps age it so well because of some of the classic Hollywood effects. And when you shoot them in camera on the day, I mean, it's just going to age a lot better than using, you know, CGI of the, of the time. Yeah, because I was even watching the, um, uh, the the film with the commentary by John Favreau, and he talked about he kind of almost was like, dang it, I, you know, the, you could tell the CGI on the snowflakes looks terrible. <laughs> you know, he's kind of just made like an offhand yeah. comment about like the only thing they use CGI, he almost kind of regrets it. Yeah. Production of the film, December 9, 2002 to March 7, 2003. So they shot this 
during Christmas. It's kind of an old thing they tell you in drama school when they it never do Christmas during Christmas. So they shot a Christmas movie during Christmas. It's it's rather odd. But they probably took advantage of New York and all the decorations that would be the out trees, in the city. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they probably did a lot of the outside stuff. It, it, an obvious decision when you think about it from a production design standpoint. Uh, also shot in Vancouver and British Columbia. Uh, I mean, yeah, you with New York, it definitely does make sense. You know, save, maybe save a little on the budget, not having to save, save a little coin. Yeah. Uh, one interesting thing I've found about uh, Favreau's decision making in his approach is they were originally the the uh, Santa scene was going to be uh, in Macy's. So they're going to have a product placement. But Macy's had a stipulation that their Santa had to be real. And uh, they ultimately decided they want to relinquish that creative decision. They kind of wanted the, it to be a fake Santa. So they decided to go with Gimbals instead, which Gimbals is an homage to Miracle on 34th Street, the department uh-huh. store in yeah. that movie. Uh-huh. So the, it almost, John Favreau said, through the uh, running into the obstacle came a creative solution that worked even better in the movie than Macy's ever would have. So they're kind of happy that happened. They're much happier with Gimbals than they ever would have been with Macy's. Another nostalgic tribute to a, a, a Christmas classic. Quite a few in this movie, yeah. actually. Oh, You'd be oh, surprised. Yeah. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, uh, The Christmas Star, which also had Ed Asner as Santa in that film. It's from Interesting. Did not know that. Nice pull. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. 16 years earlier. Uh, music of the film, I'll, I'll just mention briefly. I mean, a great Christmas score, I feel like, just embodies the jovial spirit of the the, the season of the holiday um, done by John Debney, who I don't know if it sounds familiar to you, Warren. I brought him up on when we did Hocus Pocus uh, because he did the score for that, um, among many other films. Well, I also said he did a film score for, or a, well, you would call it a film, uh, more of a documentary score for Michael Jordan to the max. He did the mm. score for that too, and then Elf, Hocus Pocus. But his next project coming out is an upcoming film about four seniors. It's a fictional story about four seniors that want to see their Tom Brady. Yes. Uh, Brady, Brady at 80, right? Yeah. Uh, 80 for Brady comes out. 80 for Brady. Fe- okay. come, it's slated currently come out in February next year, but he does the score of that as well. <laughs> That's coming out. It's <laughs> a trusted hand. You've mentioned it before. You like had it as a big uh, reveal before in a previous episode. So, I, I love it yeah. that I was going to try to like, to like, oh, this movie coming out of 80 for Brady. You already instantly knew what it was. Yeah, like, Sally Field, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and I'm, I'm God for they have me, cameos by uh, by some by Gronkowski. Oh, Brady plays himself uh, during Super Bowl 51, so he rewears the Super Bowl 51 oh, uh, jersey. He could probably replay some sequences. Sounds like you've done a little bit of research on the film. I mean, come on, man. Uh, yeah. Future replay value film before it's even come out. Potentially. <laughs> if it was up to me, we'd have already done Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I will also say that this is the second highest selling uh, Christmas themed uh, film soundtrack behind Polar Express. Just kind of interesting that these two films were released within a year of each other, 2003 Oh, and well, there's a Christmas movie I forgot about. Yeah, I don't feel like uh, it's really uh, on the same level with Elf, in my opinion. Yeah, Mechas, I, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Hanks, yeah. And we wanted the stars of the picture. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Starring Will Ferrell, James Caan, Zoe Deschanel, Mary Steenburgen, Ed Asner, and Bob Newhart. Who also narrates? Uh, you now earlier we talked about Baron Bombs, the script being originally from 1993. So I'll throw out uh, some early what ifs at that time. 
There's uh, a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the I'll just the two biggest ones, Chris Farley and Jim Carrey. Also on the with Shrek we covered earlier. Yeah. Uh, had the, well, Chris Farley. I mean, they did quite a bit of recording with Chris Farley. And yeah. Was, well, yeah. But still, I mean, for him to have hand in two of the movies, kind of small, uh, I mean, small uh, Hollywood. For pool, those I guess, that the forget time. how iconic and fantastically great Chris Farley was. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Uh, Gary Shandling for Walter was another big one that um, was out there. Uh, Wanda Sykes as the uh, uh, the mall manager in the Christmas town area. Uh, I think she left for a scheduling conflict or something. Or um, so there. Well, there was um, quite a few names attached to, at one point. So. Well, uh, we mentioned you mentioned the music. I have to mention that uh, they added singing in the movie once they found out Deschanel could sing. That originally was not in the script. They were going to have that, but you know, once they found out, hey, huh. Christmas movie, man. Got to have some singing in there, right? Came a pretty pivotal scene that 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 they used her singing in too towards the end. So kind of like a, a impromptu uh, what uh, neighborhood Christmas Carol or, uh, yeah. <laughs> or I mean, Central Park Christmas you Carol uh, sing along. Yeah, you know, the the Christmas spirit somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one of the when you look at the cast though, uh, one of the most interesting stories I came across was that Farrell just. Bite the fact that they loved and respected Jimmy Kahn, uh, deliberately aggravated him, uh, or <laughs> Farrell would on set, uh, you know, giving him funny notes, messing with him. I think just kind of playing into the relationship. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's kind of, but, but, you know, it depends who you ask because Favreau said, it, as long as you had him laughing, he was good and that kind of eased the tension. So, a lot of the times they were laughing, having a good time. So, you, you like to believe that was the case, but, um, Man, I don't know, man. Farrell's got big balls because I would not want to well, fuck with the late great Jimmy Kahn in any way. <laughs> not only that, I mean, it's pretty pretty bold to do that that early in his film career as well. I mean, at this point, he was coming off SNL. He left SNL in 2002. And he had had some other film roles like Night at the Roxbury, Zoolander. But this was like his first four, one of his first forays into film. Uh, I don't know which he shot first. Well, it but was his first solo uh, led right. uh, movie post SNL, but first led solo studio picture uh, post SNL. Yeah. He had old school, which came out earlier in 2003 in February. I mean, he wasn't the lead, but he wasn't the lead. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, iconic in its own right. Replay value favorite. Uh, but and then got to uh, get to that one. But yeah, but elf was like, yeah, this was the first solo led film post SNL. Yeah. And I will say that he's done another uh, great Christmas film that came out uh, just a few weeks ago called Spirited. Is that good? Ryan Reynolds. I mean, if you love Christmas movies, you love musicals, which I do. (laughs) He's surprisingly great singer and dancer in the film. I'll read about Uh, it. No, it's I love I really enjoyed it. Uh, I can't trust you. Okay, and not when it comes to Christmas <laughs> musicals. Movies, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, I, yeah, I like oh it, god, know. it's a musical. Oh jeez. Yeah, I mean, half of it, you know. Actress Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'm going to say yes to uh, Will Ferrell. Yep, I agree. Yep, uh, it's definitely <laughs> on there. Now, that's tough though because he does have a lot. I would put he has a lot. Anchorman, Talladega Night. I mean, God, step, man, he, a- a- Anchorman's Talladega Night, Step Brothers, and then if you wanted to, to I mean, you know, SNL of course in there as well, but. But you have uh, to take into account how the legacy of Elf and how the it's legacy of live a great on. of a yeah, classic yeah. Christmas film, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's why it's got to be in there. 
Uh, I had Zoe Deschanel as my yeah, only yeah, other y- Mount yes, Rushmore. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, you and I are totally aligned here. So that is also my only other yes yeah. on the Mount Rushmore. Uh, no to Jimmy Kahn, of course. Yeah, Godfather, of course. Thief, Rollerball. Uh, m- m- uh, misery, yeah. Misery, yeah. yeah. I did forget about it. Uh, Steenbergen, fuck no. No, too, uh, I mean, come too on, many dude. dumb credits. Too many Back to the Future. Back to Future Part 3, uh, yeah. Oh, my God. So memorable in that role. She does so much with such a small part in that Clara, movie. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's been in a bunch of great stuff. Uh, uh, I am Sam. Uh, uh, what's eating Gilbert Great Parenthood. I mean, can, Step we, we Brothers. Can, also, yeah. With Will oh, she, oh, oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So she's been in a bunch, bunch of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Bob Newhart and Asner. Fuck no, they're absolute no, legends. I mean, and as much as as great as Elf is, I mean, well, that's the, part of the reason they're in the film is because of how legend, how legendary they exactly. are. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, so now you can't put them in there. But yeah, so uh, I do uh, uh, mention a couple cameos uh, that I appreciated. One, not no surprise to anybody who's seen John Favreau's other stuff. He was the, the doctor, I think Dr. Leo Bernard, whatever his name was. Yeah, the, the, man. The family doctor there. Throwing himself in the movie. Yeah. Gotta love it when a director does that. And then Peter Billingsley, most famously known as uh, Ralphie in the in A Christmas Story, He's uncredited as I think the name is Ming Ming. With the head, is the he head, like elf. The head elf? Yeah, yeah, head elf there. Yeah, right. Well, pretty essentially in the opening scene, and then at the end, I mean, he's he kind of bookends yeah. the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a couple of roles, uh, and then some um, some supporting roles here. Artie Lang as the mall Santa, great scene in that, uh, and then uh, uh, Amy Sedaris as uh, Walter Hobbs as an admin. Uh, and then Kyle Gass and Andy Richter as the writers. Uh, so a lot of just great, mm. f- f- funny, familiar uh, faces for me to see those those in those roles. Oh yeah, that was Amy Sedaris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those people you look familiar. Like who is that? And then who you, oh, also yeah. is in the Mandalorian. Uh, she has a role. In okay, there. Like a stop. Shot, yeah, stop it. Stop. <laughs> I mean, this is so good. You know, you have a, All right, a well, real callback. You God, know? We're gonna have to do another Star Wars movie. Apparently, get this appetite. You're, you're, it's, well, it's, it's brimming into other movies. We did. Uh, we we've done a New Hope and Empire. We got to do Return of the Jedi to complete the, the original trilogy. Yeah. So the main question: We don't want to get too far off. Do we do the uh, prequel? Eventually, fan Phantom Menace, maybe. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, eventually they've aged better than they. Well, you know, really okay, now you're. But first is Return of the Jedi. We got to finish. The We're not, we'll never do the second one. It's terrible. Let's anyway, fucks. Yeah. We'll talk about Star Wars another day. Uh, actors at their peak. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. 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 Yeah. Um, biggest benefactor. I got two. Number one, Will Ferrell. It mm-hmm. launched him uh, straight out of SNL into movie stardom. I mean, he was already known, but yeah. a known entity. Uh, but this made him a bankable box office star in his first, you know, like we said earlier, first solo lead studio film. That's a big fucking deal. And for it to be a hit, that is a that's a really big deal. I know we talk about that being mainly for actors being the biggest benefactor, but I will say he acted in the film, but as a director, John, John Favreau. Yeah, he's yeah a he'd been well, he benefited pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, but look at the run that Will Ferrell went on uh, uh, after Elf, 2004, Anchorman. 2005, he has a cameo in Wedding Crashers, very memorable, and that's a, that's a hit <laughs> yes, hit comedy. Yeah. That was a hit movie. Uh, Talladega Nights in 2006, and then Step Brothers in 2008. So I mean, yeah. just cranking out cranking memorable out. comedy yeah. hit after one, right after the other. All right, so I'm assuming he is gonna be your MVP, right? 
Yeah, he has to be. I There's mean, no if you're going choice. with most yeah. valuable performance, it has to be Will Ferrell. It's essentially a star vehicle for him. It's his movie. He's in nearly every scene. Uh, uh, it's his his performance is the heart and soul of the movie, okay? Uh, there's n- no competition, really. I mean, you can have, like, Scene Stealer or, like, Six Actor Award, like the Six Person Award, you know, we have. But it, 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 that's it, man. I mean, I, it's, it's Will Ferrell. Yeah, if you picked anyone else, you would have been a fool. I mean, I look at all my favorite lines, scenes coming up, and most of them were dealing with Buddy. So and that, that should tell you something. So, yeah, he carries the film, man. Only, it's Will Ferrell. Yeah, it's only one choice. All right, stats and accolades of Elf. Release date was surprisingly November 7th, 2003. I thought it would have been a little later into the Christmas season. Nah, they're getting the full box office ride of the holiday season because fucking people put up Christmas decorations the day after Halloween. Thanksgiving gets totally shit canned. No. Uh, Not in my house. We put ours up after Thanksgiving. So. Um, This is the third film from 2003 that we've done. We did Finding Nemo in season three, Kill Bill volume one in season four, and now Elf in season five. So we've done one a year for the past three years. Uh, On a budget of $33 million, opening weekend did make $32.1 million. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was number two that week behind The Matrix Revolutions, uh, and then it did end up actually going to number one the following week. Domestically, it made one hundred and seventy-seven point eight, which a million, which does include uh, several re-releases. Actually, it's you know one of those that gets put in theaters every holidays. It seems like because of the classic nature of it, and worldwide mm-hmm. to date, two hundred and twenty-five million. Box office rank for the year in two thousand three twentieth. Tagline of the film: This holiday, discover your inner elf. Hmm. On the on the theatrical one sheet, that yeah. So they really they really put a lot of effort in that one. Marketing companies uh, coming up empty here. I can't. What do they charge? I I feel like you and I need to start a marketing company. We, I I mean, my God. I think they got the 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 writers, the shitty writers that Kyle Gass and Andy Richter portrayed, and got them to actually write something. Perhaps maybe they outsourced it out. It was that's pretty. I mean, who are we? I mean, these who are we to shit? Can I just say a lot of the movies we do? These taglines are just not good. Every now and then, it's like does anyone. Ever read those? Does anybody ever read those taglines and you're like, you know what? I was on the fence, but after reading that tagline, I do want to discover my inner elf. You know what? I'm going to go see it. Yeah, (laughs) it's like come on, no no one's making a decision based on that. Runtime an hour and thirty seven minutes, and you're in and you're out. You know, like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which is the shortest one we've done. But this is another really short film, hovering right around the ninety minute mark. Perfect, yeah, in and out, man. Rating uh, PG, so it's a you know family Christmas fun fair event. Everyone can watch it together. Sure, uh, and everyone typically does every holiday season. I feel like it's definitely the one that uh, one of the ones you see that are uh, aired on all the um, uh, the streamers have them available. The 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 cable channels are airing them. Um, so it, it, it's it's just a classic. Uh, scores of the film, Rotten Tomatoes, 85%. Cinema score, A-, and Metacritic, 64. A little mixed on the critic score. Hmm. Mostly positive, though. Uh, Ebert, three out of four stars. Uh, Peter Trevers with Rolling Stone, two out of four stars. It was kind of mixed with him. Uh, A.O. Scott loved it. Uh, so, you know, uh, most of the big critics, though, tend to uh, tend to like it. And certainly uh, all of them uh, praised uh, Will Ferrell's performance. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like... You know, with the beats that a classic Christmas story has to to, to to tell, I mean, you're expecting them, so that's just like that. You're not really treading new ground here. You know that what what to get. So I think it's hard going to be hard to 
please the critics with something that's that cliche. Uh, but there's a reason that it's, you know, that we revisit every holidays. It's, it doesn't really matter. Awards of the film, uh, two wins. Uh, an ASCAP award for one of the top box office films and a Golden Trailer Award for Best Comedy uh, with another seven nominations. So not a lot of awards, uh, but come on, how often are you going to have a Christmas film have a, you know, a lot of trophies? Yeah, yeah, it's the nature of the, the, the type of the, the genre. Anyway, yeah. um, music of the year for 2003, the Grammy record of the year was Clocks by Coldplay. Uh, but I was surprised that that was only number 81 for the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, number one that year was Into Club by 50 Cent. Hard to believe those songs are almost 20 years old now. Yeah. It's going to be hard, hard to believe some of these movies are almost 20 years old. Uh, films of the Year, top at the box office, number one. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, which yes. also won the Oscar for Best Picture giving it the rare double crown uh, achievement rare, for the yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, Mystic River was also a heavy player at the Oscars that year. Uh, Sean Penn, Tim Robbins getting there uh, against some Oscars. Uh, number two at the box office that year, Finding Nemo. Number three, The Matrix Reloaded. Number four, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. The first one, which is, uh, I think everyone would agree, by far the best one. Mm, absolutely. Uh, number five, Bruce Almighty. And rounding out some of the top 10, Matrix Revolution. So the two Matrix sequels were both in the top 10. I thought that was surprising. They had a lot of hype to them, too. It was kind of weird because that we got like... Banking off the first one's uh, quality for sure. Yeah, it was kind of weird because we got two Matrix films in the same year, much in the way that like Kill Bill was split between volume one and two um, uh, within the same time frame. It's like kind of... Six months apart, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Wouldn't be the first time that's happened either. Where you know, like yeah. another example would be where like uh, 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 the same topic is covered with two movies coming out within a few months of each other about the like same Alexander, thing. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. or like you get uh, Bugs Life and Ants. It's just you know, it's like oh, the script's hot. Fuck, we got to do our version of it. Holy happens shit, quite a know? bit. Yeah, uh, like the Howard Hughes, uh, uh, Martin Scorsese's Aviator came out, so Christopher Nolan uh, shelved his uh, Howard Hughes film. Razzie, worst picture of winner of the year, Geely. With uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Well deserved. <laughs> Average movie ticket price uh, in 2003 was $6.03. Adjusted for inflation, $8.13. Events of 2003, the final Concorde flight took place. Department of Homeland Security begins operations. Saddam Hussein was captured. The Do Not Call list is formed. Apple launched iTunes. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. Was elected governor of California. Oh, the governor, yeah. Yeah, now. Do it. All right. Best scenes and lines from Elf. Kick us off, Warren. What's your runner up for best scene? Uh, runner up is going to be the uh, snowball fight. These guys are bad news. We better get out of here. You know what? We can take them. Okay. Just start making as many snowballs as you can. You ready? Let's go. 
<laughs> I love that. That was the honorable mention. I yes. love that. My, my favorite part of that though is the uh, the where the final guy's running away and Will Ferrell <laughs> hits him and he gets the. The body language, yeah, the, the, the Wilhelm comedy. scream there. The, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the com- yeah, the comedy scream, uh, the the comedic scream on top of the, the 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 there's a physical comedy to the body language, the way it falls too. So it's all pitch perfect to me. I love yeah, it. It is well done. You know, building up that many snowballs and like just like yeah, rattle them off. Pretty good. It's pretty good. My favorite scene is you know. The lack of awareness by Buddy throughout the film, and just their like real life situations, and just not understanding like, social cues is um, is very well done by Will Ferrell, uh, and that's a big part of a lot of the comedic moments. But it's it's done the best uh, in the scene where Miles Finch comes in to help save the company with his story ideas, played by Peter Dinklage, who we didn't mention in the cameos. I mean, a great role that uh, that he had there. Uh, but when Buddy comes in and kind of has a little bit of a face off with Mr. Finch. I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh. Boy, you're, you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't. Uh, get, get back to the story, please. Uh, <clears throat> so on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy. Go back to the basement. Hey, Jackweed, I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. Yeah, I had that as an honorable mention. That that was almost had that in the, the runner up. It was a contender for sure. Well, so Peter Peter Dinklage is just so fucking. Oh, he he's so, com- he's so he commits good. to the part, and he doesn't play the comedy. the The absurdity comes from how uh, of just the situation itself. But he plays it straight. He plays it like a drama, and it's terrific. Yeah, it, it, they make his character just unlikable enough to where it doesn't make it. It's a very the comedy in that scene is a very fine line to 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 kind of to toe, okay, and and it's done masterfully. Great writing, great acting, uh, but like the 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 humor in the moment, you're right, is Dinklage. I mean, he I yeah. know you think it's feral, but it's the way Dinklage plays. Well, if you liked Dinklage's character, the moment everyone's out on him is when he says he has three homes and they all have seventy inch. That's what I'm saying. TVs. They make him on, right when he says that. You're like, okay, you're, fuck you, this guy. I don't care about this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, but again, you know, it's just. Um, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's just a, it's a funny moment. But uh, all right, what's your winner? Uh, it's got to be the uh, the throne of lies. Oh, with the fake uh, Santa. When yeah. uh, uh, when uh, when Buddy confronts uh, the uh, fake Santa at uh, at the department store. Who the heck are you? Okay, what are you talking about? I'm Santa Claus. No, you're not. Uh, why, why, of course I am. <laughs> well, if you're Santa. What song did I sing for you on your birthday this year? Uh, happy birthday, of course. <laughs> uh, so, uh, how old are you, son? Four. You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. 
You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. <gasps> <gasps> he's an imposter! Very nice. Um, I do like that scene. I mean, that is... Um, Dude, I, I Arnie Lang, Will Ferrell, yeah. a great back and forth. I mean, come on, man. It's great. I do have a, something to add about that scene a little bit later, though. We'll hold it hold it off for now. Just uh, kind of put We're that We're talking about it now. Say it now. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. I can't. I could just, just keep it in mind. Okay. Just, oh, it's for just, your fan theory. You fucking yeah. dork. Yeah. Oh, my God. I already know. It's <laughs> probably it, terrible. Baby. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So just get ready for it. It's coming. Uh, you could just bust it out now because it probably nah. saw. I'll shoot that fucker down like a clay uh, pigeon. It's so good, though. It's so good. Okay. Uh, it's my best one right. yet. I say that okay. every, every Best one yet. Okay. My winner for best scene is uh, also relating to the mall, but it's before Santa gets there when the manager's announcing that Santa is going to be coming to the mall. Sorry for the announcement. Okay, okay people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah! Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. And just the extent, it's just like, oh, my God, Santa. Just the the hype that Buddy gets for that and the back and forth that he has with the manager about it um, is just, uh, it's, it's great. It's just, again, it's one of those, him not reading the situation correctly or him taking something too literal in this case, the real Santa Claus coming. So uh, it's, it's uh, it's just a great scene. Uh, All right. So I did have a couple honorable mentions, a few actually we didn't, we didn't uh, bring up already. Uh, One is uh, when um, they're doing like, (laughs) it's back to with Peter Billingsley where it's just like, if he hasn't realized he's a human by now, he's not going to. I feel bad for the guy. I just hope he doesn't get wise. Well, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. If he hasn't figured out he's a human by now, I don't think he ever will. I think they're too small. And they kind of like flash back to situations where like he is so clearly a human among elves. It's like a little mini montage. Yeah, I love that. That's but really like the good. cap on it is one where he's like dunking a basketball for a bunch of elves. It's just like, <laughs> of course he is a human. <laughs> uh, uh, I also liked um, Buddy when he gets the job in the mailroom and he has that moment where he's like, oh, what are you putting in your coffee there? <laughs> that syrup? Oh, let me give me some. So he gets yeah, hot. He gets hammered. He gets hammered, yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, makes a big scene out of the mailroom, but that, that moment there where, um, where he just, again, misreads the situation and what things really are. So, 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 so probably you would say is when it, after he drinks is when it cuts to him laying there with the other coworker. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then yes, talking. Yes. Yeah. And kind of the lead up to that too, where he's like just pouring it in. He's like, mm-hmm. he like grabs the money. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like classic vintage Will Ferrell. Yeah, exactly. So how'd you get here? Work release. Syrup and coffee? Why didn't I think of that? Can I try some? You're my guest. Very generous of you. Mm. 
I love syrup. Oh, I love it. Uh, and then um, last one here I have. I mean, there's so many I could bring up, but yeah, uh, last one that I'll lot. throw out here, yeah, is um, the scene where Jovi is singing and uh, Buddy joins in and, and does a little duet with her. When in the shower? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a creepy moment, but it's, you know. Okay, well, I mean, it's it, you, you, maybe to, obviously to her it is, but we as the audience know right. that Will Ferrell is completely harmless. Exactly, the context yeah, of it is not yeah. creepy. The neighbors might think, say, what's in this drink? I wish I knew how to break the spell. I ought to say no, 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 Mind if I move in. At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my friend? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. All right, what about you? Honorable mentions. Uh, when Santa briefs Buddy on New York City, I love when he starts <laughs> kind of telling him the do's and don'ts and what to expect. So, I hear you're going on a little journey to the big city. Yep. Uh, kind of nervous. <laughs> Leon says New York is pretty different. Oh, don't pay attention to Leon. He's never been anywhere. He doesn't have any feet. I've been in New York thousands of times. Really? Mm-hmm. What's it like? Well, there are some things you should know. First off, you see gum on the street, leave it there. It's not free candy. Second, there are like 30 raised pizzas. They all claim to be the original, but the real one's on 11th. And if you see a sign that says Peep Show, that doesn't mean that they're letting you look at presents before Christmas. That's pretty good, yeah, because, I mean, he's just so unprepared for what's about to happen. Uh I love that even where it's just like he tries, it has nothing to do with this, but when he crosses the street, just hits, gets hit by a taxi cab. It's just great physical comedy. But. Come on, man. How do you not mention the opening scene when Papa Elf sets up the story? That's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I mean, it just sets the stage so we can just as an it, audience yeah. dive right in. Uh, there are only three jobs available to an elf. The first is making shoes at night while, you know, while the old, the old cobbler sleeps. Lazy bum. Couldn't even make a clock. You can bake cookies in a tree. As you can imagine, it's uh, dangerous having an oven in an oak tree during the dry season. I want to make shoes. But the third job, some call it the the, the show or, or the, the big dance. It's the profession that every elf aspires to. And that is to build toys in Santa's workshop. Only two weeks left till Christmas. It, it's a job only an elf can do. Our, our nimble fingers, natural cheer, and active minds are perfect for toy building. They, they tried using gnomes and trolls, but the gnomes drank too much. And the trolls weren't toilet trained. No human being has ever set, set foot in Santa's workshop. Uh, that is until about 30 years ago, and as you may have guessed, that's where our story begins. It is, um, and I love a good opening scene, but it's like, am I going to, it's not going to usurp any of the ones that I put up in its place. 
And then my last honorable mention would be when uh, James Conn's uh, Walter tells Mr. Greenway uh, not to tell his kid what to do, up yours, and walks out. Hey, Michael. Wait. We're going to have to reschedule this, uh, Mr. Greenway. We don't have time to reschedule. I want to hear the damn thing now. Son, you'll have to wait. Don't, don't tell my kid what to do. Uh... Can't we do this another time, Mr. Greenway? I flew in just to hear this pitch, and I intend to. It's going to have to wait. If you want to keep your job, Hobbs, you will pitch me this book right now. Hmm. Up yours. Yeah, up yours. Hobbs! Hobbs! You walk out of here and, and, and you're finished at Greenway. You're finished. That, that's the kind of a cliche Christmas moment, you know, where it's like the fan, like someone who's on the naughty list or a grump, grouch, grinch, whatever, chooses to be good finally. So, yeah, I, I mean, you, you got to give that one its, its due. Sure. Can I be, as much as I love this movie, can I be honest for a second? That's one of the moments in the Didn't movie. Work for you. I didn't quite buy it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I mean, you go along with it because it that's what's supposed to happen dramaturgically in the film at that point. We know yeah. formulaically that has to happen, but dramatically in the film, like mm-hmm. I think the execution is lacking, but the rest of the movie makes up for it and you kind of forgive it. But that moment in particular, I didn't buy it. Well, I think that as a viewer, as someone who's conditioned to the cliches of Christmas films, you expect in that moment to like there to be a lot of like conviction of like, Hey, you know what? And then make like this big kind of, I finally realized the Christmas spirit speech that you just don't get. It's just kind of like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this and I don't really care, you know, up yours and then leave. So there's no, there's no like big speech, big moment to, to sell it. It just happens. So I think as a viewer, you're expecting it to go one way and the moment still, the end is the same, but it, you don't get that speech, I think, that, that big monologue with like some. I don't know if it was the writing or the performance or maybe a bit of both, but it's I think still it's just, a bit of both. Work. Yeah. It does, does, yeah. I agree. It doesn't as work. As great as Beach are, Dave, David Barenbaum and, and, and the late, great Jimmy Conn were. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, just that one. I mean, come on. Who's, no movie's perfect. It's just that one moment. I mean, I, it's just the only one I have a problem with. Well, yeah, because that should be like the big, one of the big moments of character growth in the film. And, it is to a degree, but it doesn't. It doesn't work the way it should. Dare I, I say, maybe Jimmy Khan might have been miscast for hmm. that one scene. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 he's such a great actor, but I don't know if they gave him what he needed there. Uh, it just feels like again, I just didn't get the lift it needed. Because it, it, the character arc isn't even complete yet. Because later it has him outside. And he's faking singing. So it's just like you're doing. You're getting like this. You think he, he would be enthusiastically seen right, exactly. So yeah. you got this like half growth of the character where he's like kind of like I, I'm going to go with my. Bro, son you just lost your job. You need to be all in at this point. Yeah, you're. You should be all in. You should be singing louder than everyone else. Like you don't care. Yeah, a l- l- little bit of the uh, with the Jimmy Stewart spirit from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> I'm oh, going to jail. Gee, God, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, best lines from the film. Uh, I'll just I'll start with my runner up. You said it earlier with a fake mall Santa when he says, you sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. 
Yeah, it's great. I had that as an honorable mention. Right, what's your runner-up? My runner-up uh, is uh, actually matches up with the runner-up scene, but it, it's when it first kicks off is when he gets hit with the when, when Buddy gets hit with the snowball. Ow! Son of a nutcracker! Son of a nutcracker. Uh, that was a close, close. And that's something. That's a one you quote in real life. Like a lot of people said that. Yeah. Anytime they got hit with something, son of a nutcracker. Yeah, not every time. That's not what I say every time. Come on. <laughs> Maybe around the Christmas uh, season yeah. with my Come kids. On. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you're quoting the movie when you do it. I, I, mean, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, close to being my runner up. So very good. All right. My winner, though, I uh, had to put this in here. Uh, line by. It said a few times in the film. I think first by Buddy. I think Jovi does say it as well. But it's the line where they say, "Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear." That was also my winner. Really? Oh, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Okay. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> well, it's one of those lines that comes full circle, a uh, classic mm. way in the movie. It's said it by does. multiple characters, and it's said at the end of the film to bring things around and to fill in a moment. And that's a classic Hollywood trope that's been tried and true for decades, and it's well played here. Yeah. So not exactly the most quotable, but the way that it's done in the film is is good. Yeah, it comes back around. Um, all right. Uh, just a few honorable mentions for me. Um, one is uh, Buddy talking about his diet. We elves try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns. Syrup. <laughs> Jeez. Which, I mean, I can't imagine with like, I did read that, um, that Will Ferrell would get a lot of um, really bad headaches, like migraines on while shooting because of one, lack of sleep, but two, just a high sugar diet from, I mean, think about those syrup and pasta syrup and spaghetti scenes where he's just shoving it into his mouth. I don't know if they got like a spit bucket or whatever it is. But still, I mean, I would hope he was using the spit bucket. (laughs) You would hope so. I would hope so. Uh, Maybe he's method man going day Lewis. He's just fucking eating all that pasta. And then my only other honorable mention is when Buddy's talking about the day he had. And he says, so good news. I saw a dog today. I, oh man, that was my honorable mention. I had that. It's so good because I, I I say that and I love love that because it's like that is always a good day. You see a dog, give pets too. I mean, yeah, come on, I love it. All right, what about you? Honorable mentions? Any others? Nope. Uh, actually, you covered my only honorable mention uh, was the uh, so good news I saw a dog today. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. You got to yeah. throw that one in there. Moving on to Judge Bob's recasting court, where Warren and I will recast the film with today's stars. All rise for the Honorable Judge Bob, presiding. Gentlemen, you may be seated. Casting court is in session. How we doing, fellas, counselors? Not as good as you're doing with that hairband on. I love it. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Just, just get a haircut. You know? That's the best way to keep it out of your eyes. We, we, we may need to just stop doing Zooms. I mean, <laughs> what do you, I don't want to look at that. I do. I believe it. I believe it. I'm jealous. In this world, you're limited on your time with lettuce. So I'm trying to uh, enjoy it one last go run. That's true. For the forehead. You look like a fucking Power Ranger. He does. (laughs) I was going for, what is that, Lion lion Hope? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Go go, go play another round of golf. Jesus. All right. Listen, guys, uh, notes look good on this one tonight, and um, I'm super glad that we're back to our original budget of To Infinity and Beyond. 
think the uh, audience tonight will understand more as we get into it. Recasting for Papa Elf, Emily, Santa, Jovi, Walter, and Buddy. Phil's been on a heater lately. Yeah. So four in a row. Still mm. in your courts. <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Wow, Phil. He's he's going fast tonight, Phil. I think he's got a tea time. <laughs> he might. He's trying to get yeah, out of here. Okay. Glow in the yeah. dark. It's the, uh, you know, the, the winter formal. So, Phil, who do you have cast for Pop Elf? Uh, Pop Elf uh, originally portrayed by Bob Newhart. So there's this kind of warm patriarchal guiding uh, lights type of leading buddy through the path of the a human being an elf as best he can, but he's there always supportive. I went with Dustin Hoffman uh, as my Papa elf. Allah, you know, I mean, great actor got this kind of track record, of, you know, like a Bob Newhart did bring some gravitas to it. Uh, but also was thinking of like uh, meet the Fockers, you know, he's just kind of like the, the understanding dad, you know, so that's my Papa elf. All right, Warren, who do you have to cast you? I didn't see it until you said meet the Falkers. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I could see him doing that. Um, Papa Elf, uh, buddy's adoptive father. You know, you got to go with a comedy legend here. Big shoes to fill. Bob Newhart, a fucking legend. I went with the great Eddie Murphy as my Papa Elf. You need the the the, the, the comedic uh, uh, touch in there. Haven't seen Eddie Murphy in something here in a while, and and I I I I, I, I want to use him here this season and, and getting him in. This is a movie with comedy heavyweights. Mm. If you look at the roles in the film, you got to have comedy heavyweights in the movie, and Eddie Murphy is one of the all time greats, comedy heavyweights. So I put him in the Papa Elf role, and he, and he pairs really well with my buddy. Okay. He's like this different type of comedy. Like there's just kind of like a reserved nature to the Papa Elf character. Uh, again, I don't know if I see that from Eddie Murphy. He's more of like an over the top type of, I mean, comedy chops for sure. Comedy legend. Absolutely. But I don't know. I can't, I'm having trouble seeing him as Papa Elf. Well, I don't know if you have to do that action necessarily as the character. That's why we recast different actors. He doesn't have to do yeah. the same uh, uh, superlative a, a different that, uh, take that Bob the Newhart did. Yeah. It, it doesn't really matter because I, have done you both a favor and I have perfectly cast Papa Elf. Oh, so oh, we're going to put Patrick Warburton in as Papa Elf. Come on. War- <laughs> what? <laughs> That's terrible. Buddy, buddy, help me with the engine over here. Come on. Let's go. No. Go shit. It's a completely shit. different Papa Elf. Oh. <laughs> uh, like a football coach, Papa like Elf. Forever try to find a place to put Patrick Warburton in something. I just love that guy so We've much. We've used him before. He's great. I yeah. know. Papa Elf is going to go to Dustin Hoff. Hard not to on that one. Yeah. Well done. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Phil. Yes. Emily is the sweetest woman on the face of the planet. You have she your is. work cut out for you. Mm-hmm. Who is Emily? Yeah. Uh, Emily uh, Mary Steinbergen, I love her. One of my favorite character actresses. So I did try to lean into that the the uh, an actor who can embody the the supportive motherly role, who is at the same time very much kind of a boss and kind of runs runs everything. It, it, like I said, okay, Phil, it. it's like eighth on the call sheet. Get to okay. it. I mean, you're yeah. you're dragging it out here. <laughs> well, I, it deserves it because again, Mary Steinbergen did such a great job. I went with Judy Greer. Uh, and I was surprised I hadn't used her this season. You love Judy Greer. I, I thought love you, Judy I, Greer. Yeah. You haven't used her, I think? I no, like you I, have. I, I almost wanted to put her in Carrie. And I went on a long, you know, as I tend to do, about why she would be great in it. But then I didn't use her. But 
using her here. Mm. Look, I love Judy Greer, but my Emily, look, after this last year in movies, I think there's a great, great actress who reminded us how great she is and how terrific she would be in this part. Jennifer Conley. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Phil. Booyah! That, that, that's going back to the unlimited budget here because I think you're overcasting. This is a supporting, uh, this is a character actor The role. fuck was Penny Benjamin in Top Gun Maverick? <laughs> what the fuck are you that's talking different. about? That's different. That's different. That, that's Very that's much a, supporting. You just put that's, Dustin Hoffman in as Papa Elf. Yeah, what the fuck are different. you talking it's, about? It's situational. Yeah. Okay, it's specific. No, it's not. Okay. It's an ensemble. Like, that's like no one sense. of those where you say like, you know that you have a cashing it's like with so-and-so and dustin hoffman it's like a big actor in a larger like you did with the bob newhart like this the mary steenbergen role the emily role is very much a supporting role and since when do we limit our fit. budgets here in the recasting why don't yeah, you find if that is that's going to be the leg of your <laughs> argument yet yeah, you're not you're not standing on a very strong one. i think mm-hmm. she's overcast is what i'm saying jennifer conley come on dude you, you you're not you're not no i, I just want to throw it out there because i i we i don't I can't remember a time that we've used this name. I'm sure we have, but I had Jennifer Garner wrote down on this one. Oh, not bad. Not, not but bad. I'm Jennifer Connolly is going to take it, of course. Yeah, it's a very, uh, yeah. very good casting. Very good casting. Thank you. Now, um, Phil, I'm glad that <laughs> you don't get to go first on this because I've seen who you guys both have wrote down now. And after talking about budget, I'm not sure how either of you are going to get Santa cast here with these guys if you're worried about your budget. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, contradicting <laughs> yourself, Phil. Warren. <laughs> yeah. Who do, have, who do you have cast as Santa? Saint Nick. Uh, my Santa Claus, Steve fucking Martin. He'd be great in this. I mean, no. he's the right age. Yeah, no. absolutely, man. Absolutely and there's a not. there's a the, there's a warm quality that Steve Martin has. <laughs> no. Dude, you, no, I think he'd be great in this. Well, number one, there's not really a warmness to the Santa Claus. There's a gruff, rough around the, the way Ed as no. That's exactly it. why you go with Steve Martin because he actually tends no. to play assholes and people who are a little rough. It, but no. he has a warmness to it, like he's still likable even when he's a dick. And that yeah, that's got to be your Santa. If you're gonna have a Santa Claus, he's a little rough around the edges, maybe a little gruff. He's got to be lovable. That that's my Saint Nick. I don't know. There's just a certain look to Santa Claus. And I, and I think Steve Martin, as great as he is, I think this is another comedic legend you're miscasting here. Like I question, have you ever seen this movie by looking at the Santa that you're casting here? No, um, I, I'm going with comedy heavy. I made a decision to pull yeah, out comedy the comedy heavyweights. heavyweights. I got it. Go yeah. with the comedy legends. And well, look, you throw on a fat suit and a beard. Anybody can fucking be Santa. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What, what about me, Greg? Could I be Santa? <laughs> I drink eggnog. I drink eggnog. Could I be Santa? <laughs> I got a beard. Um, no, I went with Brian Cox as my Santa, and I think that is more in line with the way Ed Asner played it. You know, it's not exactly like a, a, a warm and cuddly Santa Claus that, you know, he still gets the job done. He's very a great Santa, but at the same time, again, a little gruff, a little rough around the edges. A little, a little more grounded, I think. is for the, yeah. yeah. A little bit, you know, you kind of keep your distance from, I don't know, you know, there's a little Listen, bit of a mystique about it. I think that um, everyone knows that only one man can embody Santa better than anybody. And that's David Harbour, of course. <laughs> Violent Night. <laughs> Come on, get out of here. Jesus. Get out that would have been weak sauce if Phil or I went with David Harbour with that movie out right now. Come on. That man. would be funny. <laughs> I kind of want to see it, though. Anyway. Kind of kind of want to see it. Um, I'm going to see it. And it's going to happen. So, Brian Cox. Jesus Christ. You can't 
sit there and talk about the budget. And then you're going to bring Brian Cox in as your freaking Santa Claus. This is Claus. a ruined budget, cast, shit. After you cast Dustin Hoffman. D- D- yeah, I know, dude. Con- what the Connelly fuck? Is, no, Connolly's breaking the budget. Connolly's too big to be. Hoffman is, again, Hoffman is <laughs> so one stupid. of those where you got a big name and a small role. It's like with so-and-so and Dustin Hoffman, you know, with Brian Cox and Dustin Hoffman, you know, <laughs> there's the smaller roles. Really, really exciting. Idiot. Um, man, Discord is an absolute mockery. It really is, yeah. No comment. No, keep it moving. <laughs> Who do you have cast as Jovi? Jovi, uh, now I'm, I'm going to take a page out of Warren's book here. Um, so last episode, Nightmare Before Christmas, we were thinking, like, who could we cast as Sally? And I pulled Zoe Deschanel, who I felt, Warren, you chose Selena Gomez, who and I think Zoe won it there. Um and then I got to thinking about that, and I was just like, okay, for the Zoe role in the jo- Jovi in this film. Who so you're basically you- admitting my recasting is better. No, I do it, feel like Zoe it, is yeah. a better fit for Sally, but in this film, I feel do feel like Selena Gomez would be actually kind of perfect uh, for Jovi, and that's who I went with. All right. Warren, go ahead and give Phil his casting for next week. Who do you have cast for Jovi? <laughs> Please. Yeah, yeah on, exactly. Man. I got my pen yeah. ready. Uh <laughs> Buddy's love interest, uh, my Jovi, Rachel Zegler uh, from West Side Story, and uh, I believe the upcoming Cinderella film. So she's got big things ahead. A very talented actress and singer. She she'd be great in this, and she I think she would have that uh, that enthusiasm, that brightness you need in the role with a Christmas movie. I mean, no, she checks the boxes of the Jovi character for sure. You no, know, I, I haven't seen the new West Side Story, but I, I want to hear she did a pretty good job in it. You just skipped over Emma Roberts here. Are you both out. I mean, are we out of our Emma Roberts? Do, do, do you want to start competing? I mean, I love how you have a recasting for every one of them now. This is a new development this season. Last couple of seasons, you haven't done that. I've, I've decided that, um, you know, instead of giving you pass or fill grades, I'm, I'm just going to ridicule your your paperwork with writing pen. So, you know, all right, well, just, nothing's just changed. Right all you've, over it. Yeah. You've read it. You, that's never stopped you before. I mean, you've always been ridic- ridiculing us. So. Well, you know, listen, guys, when you have <laughs> the gravitas of the judge, it's <laughs> pretty easy to really? know what Really? Where is it? Where, 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 where is this gravitas? I'm trying to it's find it. It's under my robe. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's Okay. All righty. Oh, okay. That's not what that word means, okay? Selena Gomez is a, is a great fit for this. I think she's got the uh, personality, the look, yes. everything. Well done. Thank you. Well done. All right. So back to our infinite budget, as we will find out here quickly. Bill. Yeah. Walter. Walter Hobbs. Um, my initial thought was Robert De Niro. Thought you have a, you know, you get De Niro, Hoffman in, same movie. Didn't feel quite right. I felt um um I don't know, just just didn't feel feel right. So um for my Walter, I went back to my pool of my favorite character actors, uh, my favorite actors really. Didn't actually use him last year, and I'm still kicking myself over it. J.K. Simmons is who I hmm. has my Walter Hobbs and feel. I mean, he's just he's magnificent and would be great in this. All right. So, uh, Warren, who do you have cast as Walter? Yeah, I mean, look, the, this is uh, this is big shoes to fill, man. I mean, uh, Jim, Jimmy Con, man, come yeah. on, uh, the, the late great Jimmy Con, uh, iconic actor, iconic tough man, uh, tough movie, tough guy, movie star. Um, uh, very difficult to recast. So, for my Walter, I went with the legendary Samuel L. Jackson, 
What? Sam Jackson yes. is Walter? Yes, oh. Sam Jackson. No, because you think about it, he, dude, Sam Jackson's the ultimate badass tough guy, but he, he he has so much range. He has played characters with heart and obviously in all, played all the various emotions and colors and different types of characters. This would be something that Sam Jackson absolutely could do to see him playing a dad in a holiday movie. You can't count Sam Jackson out. This is a guy that's been in the Marvel Universe, the Star Wars movies. There's no movie mountain he can't conquer uh and this is one he, i haven't seen him in a holiday movie yet I, I think he'd be great in this and you need a badass to play the dad here because you have to kind of okay what is he going to do next samuel L. jackson has that same quality that jimmy Conn did yeah <laughs> yeah you really might not know what he's going to do next sam jackson gets anyway <laughs> that's what i'm saying uh no i just i mean again but he has that warmness too but ultimately it comes to him in the third act and sam jackson would be able to pull that off so i i I think you get a different side of his talent which you know there's no role he can't play yeah it's i think because we haven't seen it before it's hard for me to see it i think that's what it is get an imagination no this is actors are very talented especially the ones we use just got sam l jackson like snakes on a plane sam l jackson in my head (laughs) like i'm tired of these motherfucking snowflakes on this motherfucking christmas or something <laughs> i mean you're you're playing it's like it's like see now you're what you're doing is you're playing because he's so iconic he gets parodied yeah. a little bit the same way that a christopher walken yeah. does so now what i can't recast christopher walken because all you think about is you over there give me the keys like come on guys what you can't these are great actors they they can still Just play watch, roles you can't, can't lean into their snl parody uh, the snl parody months. come on the Millennium right. Falcon. Good enough for you, Falcon. old man. Old man. <laughs> old man. <laughs> I'm sorry that sucked. I, uh, I, I absolutely love J.K. Simmons in this role. I can't get away from it. Well done. Thank you. No, I'm just getting smoked. This is ridiculous. I, I'm just I'm walking out. Listen, animated films and Christmas movie, like holiday, like family movie. It, it's going to be tough, Warren. It's it's just going to be hard, man. A lot of thought to these. No, I just, yeah, you guys have no imagination. Well, <laughs> plus it's almost like 2v1 here. Like my wife, Kim, helps me with these. So I've got to give her some of the credit. As we're looking at the, uh, the, the, the James Cameron Avatar edition of uh, the movie Elf, $300 million holiday film. Jesus, uh, you guys can't even afford to put Christmas trees in this movie now. Congratulations with your casting. Good CGI. That's what it's for. So let's see how you. It's more really... expensive than a Christmas tree. If you CGI and get it more expensive. No <laughs> wonder we're going over budget, <laughs> you just idiot. Copy and paste. You're the same one. Yeah, no, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll borrow one of the Hallmark sets. They leave there them up go. year round. Right. All right. Uh, Phil, this is the tiebreaker. Should you need it, being up four to one? Who mm-hmm. is your buddy, the elf? Buddy, the elf, a very difficult recasting. Um, so I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit on this one because you do have to have someone that can carry a film with great comedic chops that also captures, and this is the most important part, can capture the childlike wonder of Buddy the Elf, an adult that can, that is capable of doing that, that has high comedy chops. It's very it's it's a tough box to put someone in. Um, I went with Andy Samberg, who I feel like is probably one of the only people that would, would be on the very short list of people that could do this other than Will Ferrell. Warren, who do you have? 
for my buddy, I went with Little Ray Howery. Uh, he also played Buddy and Free Guy, which, uh, funny enough, I just oh, I re- I, I realized after so he. I know I, I, that, people hate that movie, but I really liked it. People uh, hate that movie? Yeah, it's it. it, it, oh, perceived gosh. to be. Yeah, it didn't do well. Um, he, play, he played a security guard in, in Free Guy, and he played a security guard in Get Out as Rod Williams. Uh, it was his character yeah. name. So he's been in two really, you know, Get Out. It's a fucking great movie. So. Uh, yeah, uh, I th- but he's a great comedic actor j- who, just like Will Ferrell, had been in some movies but hadn't had a film centered around him yet to showcase his skills. And I, I think this guy's got the goods, and I would love to see what he would do with a role like this to showcase that. So that that's my pick. Hmm. Again, I, th- I love every single, every single thing about that. Uh, he's a great actor, up-and-comer. You know, he doesn't hadn't carried a film by himself yet, but whatever. But he still scenes in the movie he's in. You get he, yeah. you know, he, he gets he, my, you, you my laugh out problem, loud. Yeah, yeah. My only problem is like that kind of childlike wonder of an elf. It's just so that that that's my only thing. Oh, he um, could do that. You see yeah. the enthusiasm in Free Guy where he's like, "Hey, where am I? Oh, this is great. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm cheering, but do it, do it. Yeah, no, dude. What are you it's, talking it's, about? It's, it's, there's a little bit of <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, dude. You're wrong. No, it's slightly different. You're, I think that's... no. Oh, oh, actress can't do more than one thing. I forgot, <sighs> yeah. Philip. According to Philip, Hollywood actors can only do what you've seen them do before. I mean, according to you, John Travolta would never play Vincent Vega because you're like, well, he hadn't done it before. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, goddamn, you're fucking shitting. <laughs> oh my. God. I'm super disappointed that you guys have gotten away from uh, these honorable mentions because I mean, come on, are we are we not giving love to Jason Sudeikis as Buddy the Elf? Huh? Sudeikis? Are we are we, we not even Sudeikis. like considering Charlie Day? I've already used Sudeikis. Oh, Charlie Day. And I've already used Charlie that, Day. I've used them both. Charlie Day would be good. Yeah, I like Charlie Day. I don't think I've used him. Wait, wait a key. You never, you know, I love how you chastise us for not using actors that, that we've well, already we've already used, used this season. We're, like, we're, you've we're, done that more than once this year. Well, you did that's it with. The whole, uh, that's the whole thing that I'm, I'm sad that we've gotten away from uh, uh, the honorable mentions because I get that you can't use them. Oh, okay. But so you we guys, just say some you, know, you, you, you give you. nods and credence to people all the time. I love to see where your head's at on these. And Okay. Fucking Warren, I, I should give you like three points on this one. Lil Ray Howry is out of the back pocket, off the top rope, reach of the freaking day. I love it. Absolutely terrible. The fucking swing it for the bleachers, oh, bro. Yes, that God. was great. I think that, no, you're That's talking the about upper deck. childlike. Andy Samberg is the embodiment of immature. Mm. But not childlike. He's just kind of like you know, like booger jokes and and stuff. Like it's it's just immature. And he's it's more like a teenager than a than a child. He's, he's more Adam Sandler ish, right? Just kind of like yeah. Okay. Lil Ray Howery, especially in Free Guy. I mean, just the naivety and just the the simplicity of that character. I feel like if he had Buddy the Elf as a cast. Imagine how far he could go with it and how much more dialogue he would have. And I would love to see it. I thought that was a great casting. Well done. Yeah, thank you. In fact, my that and my uh, that my buddy, my Emily, were so fucking good. I should get bonus points. We should even this out. Maybe have a time. <laughs> no, because my Jennifer Conley, come on, she was pretty good too. That's I nailed. Yeah, but I, I won't. I, I had some other legends. Maybe I uh, my Rachel Ziegler was pretty good too. I don't know. Whatever. Nothing like the holidays to just bring out a. Yeah, an <laughs> argument between family members. Phil, well done. Thank you. I am a golden god. 
You guys get your fucking money wire worked out. Uh, yeah, it might be a little delay with the holidays coming up. I mean, got to get Jesus. Christmas presents for the kids, but I will give you that five in a row bonus. And I'll see you next week. Gentlemen, recasting court is adjourned. All right, fan theory time. Now, earlier, I told you about the scene with the fake mall Santa and how that would come back in later for the fan theory. Are you ready? Are you ready for yeah. it? You ready? Okay. Yeah. So, the fan theory goes that Buddy caused Santa's sleigh to crash in New York by calling out the mall Santa as a fake. He did that in front of all the kids that realized that Santa wasn't real, okay? So that that had a ripple effect in New York by him robbing people of what little Christmas spirit there already was. When you think about how fast that information is gonna go out there to the world, kids have definitively know that this is not a real Santa Claus. So the ripple effect of that cause of robbing what little Christmas spirit was already there, it's no coincidence that that coupled with Buddy losing his own Christmas spirit when Santa's flying to New York caused the sleigh to crash. So what's your fan theory? <laughs> what? I mean, no. So Buddy calling out the fake Dude, I, Santa. Dude, you're, you're going on so long. It's like right. two weeks of, uh, of a fan theory. You, you fucking lost me. I, I, what I is your like, fucking fan? Can you give it to me in like uh, yes. two sentences or less? No, I can't. Three sentences. All right. Buddy called out the fake mall Santa in front of all the kids. So they know Santa's not real. So their Christmas spirit is gone. And okay. that lack of Christmas spirit, if you think about it, that's what powered Santa's sleigh. So when he flew over New York, what little Christmas spirit was there, Buddy helped get rid of by calling out Santa not being real. So that caused the sleigh to crash. Wow, okay, that's really a stretch. Does the editor have it cut that way in the movie where right when that happens, the sleigh no, crashes? No, of course not. Well, no, you know, you're no, fucking no, no. stretching it, man. What are you no, talking not. about? But no, oh, so I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay, yeah, it is because here's the thing. Santa Claus, Ripple hold on a second. Santa, Santa Claus, of, okay, for one thing, this is before social media and Twitter, so I don't know how quickly that situation is going viral, for one thing. Well, uh, this is like a few days later. Oh, yeah. You're such an idiot, dude. Okay, for one thing, the world's a big place, and Santa Claus services billions of people around the world. Exactly. You're supporting he, my fan theory. So I don't think I don't think But that fucking department, there was only like 30 or 40 kids and parents in there. Come on, man. Kids that's talk. Not, information spreads not, fast. Dude, it's okay. Maybe those 40 people tell five people it becomes maybe at best 500 it's, or 600 it's called, people. Um, it's not, no. It's, it's called for, multi-level marketing, Warren, okay? You know, you, one person tells five, those five people tell five Okay, people. so let me, let me get this straight. So hold on a second. So a crazy guy dresses an elf, fights with a guy at Santa Claus, and he pulls off his fake beard, and that, that people talk about it. What are you talking about, man? It's, yeah, Santa's there, not There's real. no association. <laughs> no, dude. People don't expect a fake Santa with a draw beard to be real anyway. Say, he wasn't any big revelation, dude. It, it, the only revelation was to the kids, and the kids don't necessarily have their own phones. The kids are the only ones with the Christmas spirit, and now they don't You're have such it. an idiot. This it's fan, a ripple effect. This fan it's, theory it's a is effect. so stupid. I'm shutting effect. it down. You're done. It's over. That's stupid. You're taking you're taking uh, 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 leaps, and, uh, and and no, it's no good. No good. Ripple effect. No, it's too small, too inconsequential to the landscape in which Santa operates. No.
And we'll close out the episode discussing the legacy of Elf. Man, a modern-day holiday classic. I mean, it's in the rotation. And when you have a film that is part of that tradition, I mean, that's... Come on, man. That's one of the greatest accomplishments a movie can make. It's vital. It lives on. So one of the things we do, Warren, as part of our holiday tradition is uh, for Christmas, um, you know, something you and I have done for years is we will curate a holiday playlist of movies. And they just it's stuff everybody's seen. So they just play in the background. Like, you know, I'm not talking about after you, you eat your your Christmas breakfast and you and the, you know, open your presents and everything. This is kind of like you go around the house, you know, doing whatever, cleaning, you know, socializing. It's it's almost like background noise. Well, you and I will curate a, a holiday, a Christmas movie playlist, and this one's always on it pretty much. It may not be at the top. I mean, it, it's, it, it, we may move it around, but this is a replay favorite for the holidays for us. Yeah, just so to qualify a little bit. So we, uh, on the, the, the TV in the living room, we will have Christmas movies play all day in the all background, All day, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, like yeah, it's kind of part yeah. of Christmas. Well, it's Christmas music, but it's Christmas movies. Okay? And we'll sit yeah. there and watch parts of it. But yeah, it's just stuff. In the, I'm hoping yeah, this um, is the year that I can put Die Hard on the list for my uh, my six and eight-year-old. Maybe you think do, we the, can do-, <laughs> you do the R-rated? You're going to do the TV? No, fuck uh, it. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon? No, they're ready for the R-rated. I think they can do it. He's eight. Come on, he's yeah. eight. He's ready. He, can, he probably handled Die Hard. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, he's Die Hard. No, we It's a light R, dude. <laughs> we do that later in the day. Yeah. <laughs> die, yeah die, hard, die Hard's usually cute for like, uh, you know, like Showtime After Dark. Like yeah, after Dark. Have that, have, have that Christmas movies the, After yeah, Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Die Hard, maybe even Christmas Eve the night before. Oh, there you go. That's a good idea. We might do that. This year, yeah. So, uh, Elf, the franchise, uh, no film, prequels, sequels, or reboots. They had a canceled sequel. Uh, from what I've read, the big reason was because of Will Ferrell's uh, hesitation to want to do it. They offered him, backed up the Brinks truck. I think they offered him like 29, 30 million bucks for the sequel. I uh, already wrote a script. Elf 2 turned it down. Uh, well, so. he, he says he's reluctant to do sequels because usually, you know, there's no need to do it. It's just, you know, the money grab. And, uh, well, yeah, so, yet he did Anchorman 2. But wait, he said that the script supports it. But I, I mean, which Anchorman 2 really wasn't that great. So who knows? Yeah, it really wasn't. Uh, but surprised they haven't went to an Elf 2 yet. I feel like that's coming at some point. Um, <laughs> uh, that could still be in the works for sure. Maybe even go have watch, it where Will go watch Spirited. Becomes, you could have it where Will Ferrell becomes Santa. Go, uh, watch, go watch Spirited. Go watch Spirited. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, no, no, like I said, no film offshoots, but uh, they did have a Broadway musical, 2010, uh, ran for one year, which is a so-so success. Uh, well, it ran for the holiday season. That's what it was intended to do that. Um, yeah. Then they had a revival in 2012, a U.S. tour in 2013, and then it went to the West End in London in 2015. Um, so it does, it's kind of kind of poked its head Lives up a little on bit. through the musical yeah. theater uh, uh mixed community. reviews though and not any i mean no no uh, not award no nominations or anything like that, that yeah. nothing like that yeah uh animated special in 2014 it was a stop-motion animated musical with uh, ed asner uh reprising his role uh jim parsons uh voicing buddy and i believe mark hamill also was in the cast yeah mark hamill was walter Walter Hobbs, nice. the, the, the James Caan uh, character. Such then, a great voice actor. Some, some great uh, other great voice actors. Kate Micucci was uh, the role of Jovi, who's you know she was a very good casting for that. So a lot of a lot of uh, great castings. 
And there was a video game in 2004 on the Game Boy Advance. I mean, so the biggest legacies, again, it just kind of stands alone as an homage to those old Christmas classics, the Rankin and Bass things, but it just it, it kind of existed in a bubble. No one's been, I think, thankfully, Will Ferrell has kind of shut that down, but to there's no need to make it a franchise. You know, just let it stand alone as a great holiday film. Well, one of the interesting things these modern classic hits have done, like Nightmare Before Christmas, is where they use the Dr. Seuss as an inspiration for production design to create their world to make it feel like it's connected to something we all love and and we know Mm -hmm. it's a part of the Christmas uh, uh, zeitgeist. They very much did that in this film with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Well, be glad there was plenty of fan theories about that. Just like, oh, this exists in the same Your universe. Your fan theory, stop, stop, you're done. No, I, I'm sad I didn't done. pick that, the, the pick those. Yeah, those okay, well, cheap. you probably should have because yours, come on, man, you're making embellishments. You're like there a was one defense that was attorney saying, trying to get their fucking client no. off of on a case. I mean, you're just making up shit. I'm, I, what I'm saying is, is like, hey, I may have robbed this convenience store, but at least I didn't kill anybody, okay? <laughs> okay well, now you're, you're really a bad lawyer, because now you just admitted guilt. Damn it! Uh, all-time list, man, okay. It ranks on all the uh, Christmas movie list. I mean, all the all-time Christmas movie lists, it's considered a hit. Uh, I mean, I could list, you know, all the uh, you know, Empire and Bravo and uh, uh, all the different, uh, uh, you know, organizations that make Christmas movie lists. It's on all of them, man. It's on all uh, of them, yeah. yeah, AFI doesn't do a Christmas genre. If it did, it'd be on there. Well, I think that's the thing. Is like I mentioned this earlier, we could do an entire podcast just about Christmas films. There's so many of them. I mean, Warren, how many were released in 2021? Like 147. I mean, yeah, I mean, mostly being uh, what Lifetime, uh, Lifetime Hallmark. Hallmark. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they they kind of dominate. Not saying they're all good. But uh, I've, I've never, I've never seen one. You throw enough uh, reindeer poop against the wall, and something's going to stick. If you, if you yeah, I've got, I've got a couple friends that have been in them, though. Some of those uh, Lifetime movies, yeah. So, say, so people love Christmas films. So, for this one to break through and be on all of those lists is saying something. Hey, man, I would kill to be in a Lifetime movie, man. You know, I'm like <laughs> the guy from Swingers would be like, man, damn it, I, I would have been a great Daffy Duck. I'd been great. <laughs> How ironic is that? I would kill. To be in a lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah, I would, man. Fuck it. I, I, yeah, working's working, baby. So all-time list. Talked about that with a Christmas movie. I'm going to say... I'm throwing the list to you. I'm kind of oh, pivoting yeah, you here. Are. Your top five Christmas movies all-time. Personal top five. Go. Okay. Well, again, way too many to... They're out there. Yeah, 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 to yeah, top yeah, five. yeah. Okay. So I'll throw out some honorable mentions at first. And you may hate me for this, but... One of my honorable mentions is Elf. Okay. Did not make my top five. Yeah, I didn't make mine uh, either. Also had a Christmas story, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, or a couple other honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. All, all, film, all those are honorable mentions for me. Very good. All, uh, another And that new film, Spirited. Very good. Oh, my God. Uh, I think a future, mark soon. my words. Too soon. You got to wait. Five years from now, this will be, or maybe longer, it will be looked at as a holiday classic. It is that good. Anyway, a number five, It's a Wonderful Life. Also number my number five. Oh, wow. Number four, Die Hard. Wow. Uh, no, number three, Nightmare Before Christmas. Wow. Uh, number two, Christmas Vacation. Wow. Which is almost my number one. But my number one spot will go to the Christmas film that I have hands down seen the most and is absolutely in our Christmas movie playlist every year. And that is The Goat. Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, that's also yeah. my number one. 
So we matched up on number one and number five. Uh, okay, so we your number four, Die Hard, was my number two. Okay. And then my number three, Christmas Vacation, was your number two. So we swapped on those. So I had the two. So four of your five Christmas movies I also had. So there's only so, so can you just li- list them five to, to one again? Because I it's like it's like me trying to explain a fan theory. I lost you. It's you know it's like it's like five. It's a Wonderful Life. We matched up on that. I had Christmas Vacation number three. You had it at number two. What what was number four? I'm going to tell you? you in a minute. I oh, have okay. Die Hard at number two. You had it at number four. Okay. And then I have we had No Home Alone. So I, we both we so we had so four you're hyping up your five. number four. Yeah, oh, you're yeah, hyping baby. up your number yes, four. Yes, I am. Choice. So Come we on. so so we so we Bridget. had so we so listen. So four of the five. No, what's fascinating is four of the five movies we have the same five Christmas but Four. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, number four is Scrooged with Bill Murray. Really? Yeah, Scrooged? man. Love me some Scrooged. No. Yeah, baby. At least do like a Muppet Christmas Carol. Come on. Shut up. That's, that's another honorable mention. You and that's your fucking good. musicals. Honorable mention is Rudolph the Reno's Reindeer. Even though it's a TV movie, uh, that's yeah, a it's a I don't I don't classify it as a Christmas. It's kind of like the okay. Grinch, the original. I mean, Grinch is the Jim Carrey, the Grinch is it's very good too. Yeah. There, again, there's too many. You could have done a top 20 and we're still not going to name all the great ones. So my turn to flip it back to you for something. We just talked about all our favorite, some of our favorite Christmas films, our top fives. Double feature, you know, for the for Christmas Day, it's not really a double feature. It's more like a you know a quintuple feature. You know, we play at least five movies that day. But if you had to do just two, a double feature, what are you pairing with Elf? Uh, I think uh, Christmas Story. I almost had uh, that with with Elf. Yeah, I no, almost that, had I that. Think yeah, you had the connection with the actor, but also mm. at the end of the day, it's a coming of age Christmas story. Uh, so yeah, similar themes in that way so yeah i i i would go a christmas story and elf and in that order uh and and then an honorable well not honorable mention but i would pair also elf with rudolph the renner's reindeer just because the elf is a live action extension of that universe so it makes sense to watch those together so elf is about a kind of a fish out of water with a human from the north pole from the you know santa's workshop or whatever you know being introduced to the human world. So I went the reverse for my double feature where a human is taken to the North pole and introduced to that world as a fish out of water. My double feature, and we haven't even brought it up yet would Santa be Claus? the Santa Claus with Tim yeah, Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. elf and Santa Claus would be my, my choice for double feature. That's great. in that very nice. Thank All you. Right. Good call messages, lessons of elf. Uh, some of that came to me here. Importance of family. Uh, finding yourself and, and, and be yourself, uh, spreading cheer, you know, uh, uh, helping others. I, I, I think that's some of the, the big lessons that jumped out at me. Yeah, I mean, same here. Those are, I think, you know, again, pretty cliche with the Christmas story like this, a Christmas film, the, those types of lessons. And this film very much, even as great as it is, it very it much leans stays into in its lane. Hard. Yeah. yeah, it stays in its lane. It knows what it's doing. I mean, it, that's by design. It knows what it is. It's a, it yeah. knows what it is. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's not breaking the mold here, okay? But it just does those well, and it makes them fun to watch over and over again. And the Hollywood Reporter summed it up best when they say, quote, while the words instant holiday classic might be pushing it elf is at the very least a breezily entertaining perfectly cast family treat unquote fucking nailed it because it became one yeah 
Because of it did, yeah. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's a, it may not become it. Well, it absolutely did. So that aged like yeah. milk because it did. Yeah, yeah. That is going to do it for this episode of Replay Value. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the Replay Value podcast is hosted by me, Philip Reinerson, and my brother Warren Paul. Our recasting judge is Bob Thompson. Produced, edited, and directed by Water Pickles Productions and dedicated to our father, who we have to thank for our love of cinema. Please be sure to follow the podcast. And if you like what you hear, take the time to rate, review, and share with a friend. You can visit us on our website, replayvaluepod.com, and follow us on Twitter at replayvaluepod. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every other Tuesday, and we'll see you then. Bye! This has been a Waldo Pickles production. 